Welcome to Zero Five O. I'm your host, Bruce Bradley, founder of recycling company First Mile. This is our Green Impact podcast where we meet guests creating solutions for a zero carbon world. You'll all have noticed that there's a growing trend toward compostable packaging and it comes in all shapes and sizes. But what is compostable and can these new and novel packaging materials solve all our single use sorrows? To answer these questions, I'm delighted to welcome Vegware to the show who make over 500 lines of compostable packaging and sell it all over the world. And joining us today from Vegware is Ailey O'Connor, and she's their senior waste management consultant and is ideally placed to help us understand compostables and some of the challenges with recycling compostable packaging. Ailey, welcome to the show. Great to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having me. So brilliant. I think you're uh, live from Edinburgh today, is that right? Yeah, live from Edinburgh. Excellent. We're like uh, international uh, presence on <laughs> presence on the show. Fantastic. So, how do we how do we take a plant and make it into a piece of compostable packaging? Or I should have said, you you sell a lot of um, compostable cutlery as well for the sort of food service industry. In my intro. So, how does that process work? And, and there seems to be like a quite a broad spectrum of materials that you're using to manufacture the actual packaging. So, before we get into composting it at the end of its life, how how on earth is it made? Yeah, so we use a whole range of different materials to replace conventional packaging materials. So as you've already said, we've got a huge range of products. So we also have a a range of materials that are obviously all made in in different ways. The important thing is that everything we use at Fedware is plant-based and renewable. So that's what makes us different to your conventional products that are made of finite fossil materials. Um, And then everything is certified compostable in its finished form. In terms of the main materials we use, so in replacement of your conventional oil-based plastic, we use PLA, which stands for polylactic acid. So that is a bioplastic, essentially, that comes from plant-based material. We also use bagasse, which is the waste product of the sugarcane industry. So once sugarcane has been pressed for its juices, the fibre that's left over would normally be a waste product, but can be reclaimed and made into fibre-based boxes, plates and bowls to replace polystyrene. We use a lot of paper and cardboard, you know, a, a naturally renewable material and, and compostable as well. And we use some NatureFlex too, which is a cellulose and um, wood pulp film. So yeah, a range of a range of different materials. Okay, I'm going to pick two of those because the listeners probably haven't heard of them, or if they have, they probably uh, don't fully understand them. So bagasse, is it bagasse or bagasse? Because it's got like a G A double S E, I think, at the end. So just bagasse. It's bagasse. Bagasse. And that, and that's is that sort of when you make when you squeeze the sugar out of sugarcane, that's the fibrous bit that's left over at the end. Is that right? And how do you convert exactly. that? Exactly. How does that end up being in packaging? So that would that would normally be a waste, which is often burnt and releasing carbon, whereas that can be reclaimed. And yeah, it's it's a fibrous material that then can be woven into into essentially paper fiber, um, which can be made into takeaway boxes to replace your kind of standard polystyrene clamshells. Is it similar, if people haven't seen it and they're looking out for it now, is it similar to a um, sort of papier-mâché egg uh, sort of moulded tray or egg, typically you get an egg box, or is it sort of more structural? Yeah, it's not It's not huge. It's not hugely different to that. Yeah. Um, so, so look out for those. And then... PLA then is how do we how on earth do we get because if you, if anyone's seen PLA it's very very similar in terms of its structure and its properties to um, conventional plastics how do you make such a high quality stable product from plants and what are the ma- what are the main steps in getting from a sort of uh, I don't even know what sort of plants they're made from a potato into a plastic fork made up PLA 
Yeah, so it's essentially the plant sugar. So it can be made from, well, any any form of sugar, but the main feedstocks used by the, the, the most major bioplastics producers in the world at the moment are corn and sugarcane. Um, and to think about how, how that process works, if we think about how nature looks to atmospheric carbon as a feedstock so that's what trees plants coral reefs are all are all built from so pla producers are doing the same thing they use plants and so in this case corn or sugarcane to sequester carbon dioxide which transforms it into long chain sugar molecules this sugar can then be extracted from the plants turned into glucose then to dextrose which is then fermented into lactic acid and lactic acid can then be polymerized into pla so a slightly scientific description, but it's essentially the plant sugar that can be turned into into polylactic acid. So, so actually, if you took sugar cane and made it into PLA, the byproduct can also be made into baguettes. So you've almost got like a zero waste production. Absolutely. So yeah, as I said, it's only the starch and and the sugar part of the, of the plants that's being used. So there are byproducts um, alongside that that go into go into other uses. So it's by no means we're not you know harvesting whole crops of corn and turning them into bioplastic. It's a very small part of that corn, and and the remainder of it goes into into other uses. So that was so that was one of the questions really because sort of grain prices are going up and there's talk of you know the war in Ukraine of uh, sort of a international uh, food crisis is is compostables taking uh, land or food that's all or, or crops that are all grown on land and and use are we using it for the wrong thing using it for packaging instead of feedstock. So there's different different aspects of this to look at. So if we if we are using the corn one as an example, so the corn that is used to produce bioplastics is not a food grade corn, it's industrial grade corn. A lot of people don't aren't aware that industrial corn is even a thing. And cornstarch actually goes into so many different everyday consumer products that no one's questioning or thinking about because they don't even even know it happens. So, you know, cornstarch is in cardboard, it's in chewing gum, it's in crayons, it's in dyes, plywood, batteries, antibiotics. There's loads of industrial uses for corn. So it is a, it is a separate feedstock in, in that respect. As I said too, only the starch is used to produce the PLA. So the remainder of that material is flowing into the other uses. And I think as well, if we're looking at the overall land use, the actual percentage that's used for bioplastic production is still extremely small, even with the growth of the industry in recent years. So I think current production of bioplastic worldwide only requires 0.01% of global available agricultural land. So despite the fact that, yeah, the industry's grown and we're producing a lot more of this material, it's still such a tiny percentage of what's available. At the moment, you know, the bioplastic industry compared to your you know, conventional plastics is relatively new. So current feedstocks that are being used are very much first generation and bioplastics manufacturers are already well into lab scale trials and going beyond of using second generation feedstocks. So moving away from the agricultural onto perhaps agricultural waste products. So instead of using sugarcane, why don't we extract leftover sugars from the bagasse? And so there's that opportunity there. And I think, yeah, there's a lot going into this at the moment. So it's not going to be long before we, we switch away from that first step agricultural feedstock and on to second generation with a view to eventually perhaps moving away from the agricultural step altogether and being able to extract atmospheric CO2 and then convert that into into the right molecules to make PLA. Which is uh, super exciting. I mean, and, and, no, and no surprise, um, there's, uh, you know, 
quite a vested interest in the plastics and oil industry saying that um, it's never going to work and we're taking uh, food out of people's mouths. But it's um, the scale of in- the speed of innovation around um, uh, plant-based products is just uh, is just phenomenal. And, and as you say, a lot of that research is focused on waste streams and um, byproducts of the food industry, which is which is great. So it's a renewable. So we're, we're making things out of plants. It's renewable. But at the moment, and I know there's a lot of innovation going in, is it actually less energy intensive? Is it, is it fundamentally lower carbon? Because it's obviously massive tick because you're making material out of renewable resources rather than from oil, which is a finite non-renewable resource. But at the, at the scale we're at at the moment, is it still a lower carbon product or is it quite energy intensive uh, going through all these different stages to take a, a plant starch into a PLA? Um, no, so PLA, both the, the two PLA producers that, that we work with at Vegra, who are the world's biggest producers, both have peer-reviewed eco-profiles which show that producing PLA resin emits up to 80% less carbon than producing your standard um, conventional plastic materials. Wow. And that includes presumably the, the carbon of the, the substance, the substrate as well, you know, because you don't, you don't have the carbon associated with the oil. Exactly, yeah. So the full life cycle of it, yeah, which is great to hear. And, and where in the world is it made? Not just peer, I mean, uh, so sugarcane isn't grown in the UK. We grow sugar beets, so that's going to be grown. The, the bagasse is going to come from where sugarcane is grown. But are we are the PLA factories close to the source of um, the industrial starches or are they? could they be anywhere in the world? Do we make it in the UK? Is it something we should be growing as part of our post-Brexit world? Um, it's not being made in the UK specifically, the material at the moment. In terms of vegware and our supply chain, our supply chain is spread across the world because we are supplying to 70 different countries. So we have various products and materials manufactured in different different areas because we have got global supply. Um, some of our products though, are manufactured um, within the British Isles, such as hot cups and a lot of our fibre-based products. And NatureFlex as well. So NatureFlex is a cellulose wood pulp film that I mentioned, and that's manufactured in Cumbria. There are some more locally, but then there are obviously, as you say, sugarcane is, is, we don't have a huge amount of waste sugarcane. So those products are manufactured close to the raw material, which is in Asia. And I'm just looking at my notes here from your website. So PLA, we've talked about, Bagasse, we've talked about, NatureFlex is made here. What is BioPBS and what, what's made out of BioPBS? BioPBS is just another plant-based bioplastic, so not dissimilar to PLA. And it is used as a coating generally, so a coating, um, a lining on, on paper-based products. What's Vegware's, you can either tell me for the UK or globally, what's your top-selling pro- product? What are people switching away from conventional uh, packaging items? What's the main thing that you're selling in for people who are moving away from non-compostable into compostables is there a is there a sort of a, a main line that you make millions of items of so hot cups are a very popular product made even more popular you know in, in recent years when the profile was raised around the recyclability or not recyclability of of hot cups i think that definitely boosted people's desire to switch to alternatives for coffee cups but also bagasse I would say bagasse is a really visible way to switch away from a material that is very visibly not environmentally friendly or very nice to use so polystyrene obviously is the material I refer to and yeah and with you know upcoming polystyrene bans certainly in Scotland and and hopefully coming in in the rest of the UK that will be the um the kind of obvious alternative to that. 
so the traditional hot cup, it's made out of paper. Um, I think it's got a polyethylene liner. I always get the plastic wrong, a really thin liner on the inside. And this is the, this is the issue is how do we recycle it when it's got this thin liner? How is the, because if you look at a hot cup from Vegware, they look very similar to a conventional hot cup. How are the different, how are the, what are the key differences there? And can they, if someone didn't want to compost it, could it still go through a conventional recycling uh, process where that process was available? Um, or, or is it just for composting? How's it different? So yeah, our hot cups are made of cardboard, so just like a standard coffee cup, um, but the difference is in the lining. So our lining is made of PLA, which means that that whole cup is certified compostable. Um, but I guess the point of it is with the coffee cup and the recycling of the coffee cup, that's one item within a much wider food service category. Um, so that's, you know, you need one bin, four coffee cups to take that one item. But how often does somebody just have a coffee cup? They'll have a coffee cup that at minimum will have a lid. They might have a stirrer. They might have had a sandwich. So that's kind of the point of Vegware is we're not looking at one product and the recyclability of one product. We're looking at the recyclability of the whole category. And we've produced a whole category of food service products, which together with the food scraps or waste that's left on them, share the same recycling stream. So the whole category goes together and goes for industrial composting or organic recycling, um, rather than just addressing, you know, one item in the, in the category. And if the, um, and that makes total sense, because actually there's, once you sort of start to get into that category, there's quite food service packaging and cutlery, um, stirrers, etc. It's quite a complex set of materials that are used in there because they need to be because you're dealing either with liquids or hot food or cold food lids etc so that makes total sense just going back to the coffee the hot cup if if it if it if someone did put it into a conventional recycling stream is that okay because i I presume you know bagasse if it ends up with paper or cardboard that's going to be a problem um, which is why you're promoting it to be kept separately. But for something where the only difference is like the liner, is that going to be a problem or is that actually not really? Because almost you've made something that's you've got an even wider route of recyclability if it could go composting or it could go via a coffee cup, but I, I don't know. Yeah, it does depend on on where, where it's ending up, essentially. I know there are coffee cup facilities um, in the UK that don't have an issue, whether it's PE lined or PLA lined. So, and that is something we are looking at in more detail to be able to get some clarification around which items we could also class as as recyclable. But the full compostable offering is really where our focus is. And just to go back to the big ass one, the actual the biggest issue with the big ass in recycling is less around the material because it is a fiber based material, and we have got a recycler in Hong Kong, for example, that's happy to take clean big ass and recycle it, and and we've heard similar messages um, previously from other recyclers. But the challenge is the food contamination, and that's very much what Vegware is all about. Conventional food service packaging isn't recyclable because it's covered in food, and that's a whole different recycling stream. Um, so it's a food contamination, really, that's that's a major challenge. And that's why we see that um, compostable is the only real solution to zero waste within food service, where even a plain paper product is going to be covered in mayonnaise or, or you know, the food waste. Very interesting. And we've sort of started to get into the next section of where I want to go with uh, this episode. And it's sort of started to answer it. But my, I was intrigued when uh, we've met a couple of times before, Ailey, but when I was thinking about your job title in the context of a packaging company so Vegware International Packaging Company but it has a waste management consultant within so why why would a packaging company need a waste management consultant? 
So Vegware is all about being a solutions-based company. So Vegware has produced a huge range of compostable products to solve an issue of recycling. Um, as we've said, conventional food service packaging made of a mixture of different materials and covered in food, it's destined for incineration or landfill. Vegware is different because it shares the same food, same recycling stream as the food contamination that's left over, that's on it. So yeah, we want to not only just sell product, but to be able to work with our customers the full way through and actually ensure that our products at the end of the day are going to get composted. Um, and that's why Vegware has invested heavily in having a full-time team focused on just this. So the work we do is around engaging with composting facilities, making sure they trust our brand, they've trialled our products, they know that they'll break down, and then engaging with waste collectors and understanding how can we develop more solutions and more routes to have our products composted after use. And with that information, we can then work directly with our customers to deliver waste consultancy to make sure that what they put in the bin is the right material and we get a clean stream of material flowing through the system and into organics. Tell me if I'm wrong, but I think what you're sort of, because you're trying to solve this whole category, the holy grail is for every composting facility in the UK to be able to take um, the full range of compostable materials, whether it's manufactured by Vegware or other people certified as compostable, with some food scraps in there as well. And it's a standardized system across the piece. But I don't think that's where we are today. And it's a bit of a patchwork of, of different private companies, councils, composters, AD facilities doing different things. Is that the main challenge? What, what are the main challenges in terms of getting this entire category of packaging waste and, and, and consumables turned back through into the circular economy and, and, and getting the material turned back into a renewable uh, resource going into the soil yeah I mean well yeah lack of consistency is definitely a challenge Um, you know different waste streams collected by different commercial collectors or householders local authorities is all collected in different ways and going to different different processes which is part of the reason why I'm in a job because I need to uh, constantly try and understand it and, and work out where we can fit in you know, 10 years ago when I started at Vegware, we had one or two parts of the UK, maybe like Aberdeen and, and Manchester, where we had solutions um, where Vegware could flow through the correct systems. But as we have grown and there's more of our material out there and there's more demand for it, um, we're starting to see the waste sector take notice and want to build more solutions as well. So it's been about yeah being more visible and, and getting more material out there. Um, we still have challenges um so we've got great regular collection coverage across many parts of the uk and um, but equally we do still have some parts where there isn't such great coverage but we're starting to build now alternative solutions so obviously we work with yourselves on on the courier service to provide a solution for outlying customers there's forward thinking come people like in cambridge where they've put on street bins for compostables which is a first for the uk so we certainly are come we've come a really long way and we're at a really exciting point um where we're just starting to tip over that there's you know more solutions than than not so it's not without its challenges but it keeps us busy Another are the government going to do anything around consistent collections? Are they are they helping with this process, or are they actually making it difficult? But that let's not get too much into the politics of the, of life at the moment. But I mean, are, are, are the, the the delayed consistency of collections is that is that going to help out? Are we getting some sort of 
likely regular communication around the category of compostables or is that is, is the government sort of been unhelpful? It's something, yeah, we're trying to communicate more and open those yeah, communication channels more with, with the government and with DEFRA. I think um, a lot at the moment is talking about, you know, households and what can people recycle at home, whereas we are focusing on commercial collections because we're selling this material into businesses and actually a lot of this stuff is more on the go. So it's maybe being disposed of within a business rather than necessarily in someone's household. So I think a lot of what we're trying to do at the moment is build up evidence and case studies and show that, you know, where we've got this coverage and, and where it can work. Yeah. We get asked quite a lot here about, um, uh, not in relation to vegware, but in relation to sort of generally the compostables category. Can I compost at home or does it have to go through industrial composting? Is there a difference? Now, I know that you're um, very much focused on business to business as a as a category and, and getting it into there. But ultimately, we are going to get people with a, with a vegware uh, hot cup or a baguette container or a PLA pot at home wondering whether they can put it in their home compost bin or whether it needs to go back through an industrial process. Is there clear guidance around that or does it depend on the material, whether it can be industrial or home composted, or do you just say, overall, we just need to manage it like this? Yeah, so in terms of our whole category, our whole category is certified for industrial composting. We've got the, the testing and the certification to prove that in an industrial process, it will break down in the correct time frame. Home composting is, well, one, it's a, it's a different process and it's a different certification. So for something to break down at home, it has to break down in very variable conditions because you might be a master composter and be able to get temperatures of 60 degrees at home, but the majority of people will have a very cold, not particularly well-managed compost heap. So we wouldn't want to make any claims about you know anything breaking down necessarily there. We do have some materials that are certified for home composting. So NatureFlex, which is the cellulose film I mentioned, breaks down relatively easy at home. But even to be home compostable, it has to break down in a year. So it's not a particularly quick process. You know, people put egg boxes or, or fibre or cardboard to give their compost bins at home some structure. But gas wouldn't, in theory, be any different to that. So... We can't. We don't. We don't make any claims because we don't have the certification, and it's not something that we particularly focused on. But it certainly, you know, doesn't do any harm. And what is industrial composting there? Because that also sounds like a bit of a generic term um, for the for the sort of um, listeners who don't really know. Because everyone sort of visualises a compost heap or a green cone or something. But what's what's industrial composting, and what do we need to do to get vegware composted back through an industrial composting facility? So industrial composting is, yeah, it's, it's essentially a large scale controlled version of the kind of composting you're mentioning. I know you had Kate Stansfield from Envar on the podcast recently and they run a, you know, an, an in-vessel composting facility. So taking in food waste, green waste and vegware products, shredding them up, they go into an enclosed vessel where the temperatures naturally heat up through the composting process to kill off any pathogens and then that's laid out into windrows um, outside and left to mature and in around kind of six to eight weeks you've got a high grade past 100 compost that can be returned back to fields to return nutrients to soil which in turn helps soils capture more carbon um, so yeah there's huge benefits to compost as a resource as well and um, in terms of how the products can get there that's what we obviously we do with our waste consultancy is any of our customers can get in touch and say this is my situation this is my location what do you suggest and we will work out what's the best collection method for them so that could be 
you know, one for the courier services, it might be a regular collection, it could be an on-site composting option. So some of our customers do choose to invest in a bit of kit and actually compost the material themselves on site. So there are lots of different options out there as to how you'd get it to the right process. Brilliant. How on earth did you get into recycling, waste management and organics and compostables? What's your story? Yeah, so I studied geography um, at Glasgow Uni and I just, I really enjoyed the environmental side. As you'll know, geography is extremely broad subjects and encompasses everything. So you need to work out what your focus is within that. So I really enjoyed the environmental side and I went on to do a master's in environmental sustainability. But it was really the waste aspect of that that really interested me and how looking at managing waste in different ways and moving away from, you know, the disposal and, and circular economy and things um, has real, can really kind of change our direction in terms of climate change and, and resource management. And I did learn, I remember learning in that master's about compostable packaging, and I just thought that's incredible. And then just when I finished my master's, I realized that actually the company doing it were like round the corner from my flat and it was Vegware and they were at that time very small but very quickly growing company. And um, at that point, they really wanted to understand more about the waste side and start to go more into this consultancy and actively helping our customers to compost. And yeah, I kind of landed myself there in the perfect job and um, have had the amazing opportunity of of growing that service and you know lots of really good opportunities with the, within that and, and growing a team and and yeah and really making kind of waste consultancy a, a key part of kind of the sales process within the company so and 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 sort of with your planet saver hat on rather than your vegware hat, do you think we're making progress with the climate emergency in in in, in your career do you think we're heading in the right direction um, the right direction, but yes, definitely could go faster <laughs> and probably need to go faster. I think, um, you know, I'm focused on organics and, and food waste recycling, I think, is just so important in terms of, yeah, I mean, obviously food waste going to landfill emits methane, which is worse than carbon dioxide as a greenhouse gas. And it's amazing that in Scotland, we've had mandatory food waste collections for households and businesses since like 2012, and they're still not in commonplace in England and hopefully that is coming in, in 2023 but yeah I feel like that aspect does need to move a bit faster it seems a bit of a no-brainer to me. And what's success look look like for you you know either at Vegware or Saving the Planet and what what the listeners need to do differently to help you get there? Well success to me would be having a completely national consistent solution to capture compostable packaging, much like they have in Italy. Um, I think I could retire happily if I could. <laughs> and yeah, as I said, I, I strongly believe that the way to get there is is to mandate compostable bags for organic waste. I think that would move it along a lot quicker. So yeah, my message to listeners would be stop putting plastic bags in your organics waste stream and let's start moving towards yeah, uh, compostable alternatives. Brilliant. And people can do that. Um, and what's coming up that you're most excited about at Vegware over the next six, 12 months that you can share with us? We know there's a, a, a paper knife, fork and spoon on its way. What else that's coming up that you're most excited about? 
I think for me, we've got some really exciting global projects on the go. So a lot of our waste management focus has been in the UK. It's it's our biggest market, but we're starting now to look at more closed loop solutions worldwide. Um, and one of our partners in Trinidad has just got funding to basically build and operate the first organics recycling facility in Trinidad and one of the first in the Caribbean. You know, the Caribbean has a long history of just chucking everyone in a hole in the ground and and ha- being able to be involved in moving away from that I think is going to be really exciting um, and yeah we'll have Vegware composting solutions for Trinidad and Tobago. Fantastic that's amazing. An exciting and, project and, yeah, to well, be in. Yeah and, and, and being able to get in and, and, and at the design level of the entire waste system it must be very exciting. Brilliant, Ailey, you've been amazing. Before you go, um, we have our first Mile Planet Saver Hall of Fame where we ask our guests to leave uh, something, someone, a thought, a thing in our um, Hall of Fame. What would you like to put in our Hall of Fame? That is a very good question. I think, to be honest, I know I feel like I've said it a few times, but I think it genuinely would be compostable biobags. Because Perfect. I, I really, I genuinely just, why would you contaminate a waste stream, an organic waste stream of plastic? And I think that the potential is is huge. And yeah. Fantastic. I love it. We've, we've got some great things in there and that is a fantastic addition. Ailey, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on Zero Five O. Thank you very much for being the guest. How do our listeners find Vegware? What's your website? So we are on vegware.com. And yeah, if anyone wants to chat in more detail, do feel free to drop an email to environmental at vegware.co.uk and I'm happy to pick that up. Perfect. Any more questions that we didn't answer? But um, Ailey, it's been super having you on the show. Thank you very much. Really informative. And I feel like we all know a lot more about our compostables now. Thank you. Great. Thank you. I'm Bruce Bradley and you've been listening to Zero Five O, where we meet incredible people creating solutions for a zero carbon world. Keep listening to all episodes on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. Zero five zero.